Hello and welcome to Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blogcast. I am Emily, and thank you for listening. Um, today's episode is part five in my ongoing Gen X series. Um, I think I think there's only two more after this one. I, I know I've said that before, but I really think it's true this time. I think there's only two more. There's one uh, in the pipeline that's almost done, and then there's like a wrap-up one. That's it. I promise. Um, if you're if you're uh, not Gen X, stick with me. I hope I have something to say to you as well. If you are Gen X, like let's have a party because there's not that many of us. Um, yeah, it's a kind of a crazy time. Um, in the world, uh, this post is um, a little bit about that, although it didn't start out being about that, but then, and then it kind of is. Um, like, I wasn't thinking when I wrote this how uh, significant the nuclear threat was going to be again. But it is. So um, anyway, keep keep breathing, y'all. Let's all just keep breathing. I'm with you. Um, we we hopefully will survive. <laughs> uh, anyway, so so this is a post about technology and uh, more. Part five. It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. On the Stuff You Should Know podcast about baby boomers, the hosts, both Gen Xers, pointed out that generations are often characterized by events that shake their collective innocence. For example, 9-11, JFK, Challenger. They then suggested generations might as well be characterized by the technology that unites them. Boomers were the first generation to grow up with TV. Gen X was the first generation to grow up with video and video games, computers, too. And millennials grew up with more ubiquitous computers and the spread of the internet. Generation Z is growing up with smartphones. So we somehow define our humanity by the technology at hand. Probably cavemen were like, yeah, our young ones are the fire generation. They'll never know what it was like for us before we got that life-changing fire stuff. Probably the fire generation and the house-building generation got together and sang songs at each other right over the head of the lone representative of the farming generation who declared that all this generational thinking is bullshit. Time magazine called us the video generation in our youth, which is a little bit comical now that there's something called YouTube, invented by Gen Xers, Given the amount of video in our lives now, it is hard to imagine that people were once worried about us watching a couple of tapes on VCRs or music on MTV or hanging around in arcades playing Ms. Pac-Man. It seems quaint now. Were we the computer generation? Well, while I did learn to program a little triangular turtle in grade school, the only computers I ever touched until college were the ones at school. I went to college with a typewriter and left with a Mac Classic 2. I understood that computers were powerful and a little bit scary. 
the bad boys with keyboards could both start a nuclear war and prevent one. And neither computers or video games were really for girls. There was an interesting anxiety in the air as we watched the computer age roll in. Before we all had our own, computers were sort of magical and mysterious, dangerous and exciting. In a movie a lot of us saw, two nerds created a fantasy woman in real life by programming their computers. What would have once been a magic spell was now weird science. The nerds of real genius used their good computer skills to save the world from evil weapons computer stuff. It was good versus evil, but with computers. I re-listened to Kate Bush's 1989 song, Deeper Understanding, which was about computers, and found myself astonished at how directly it relates to all of us now. In an interview about this song, Kate Bush said she was surprised by how many people assumed she was into computers because she wrote a song about someone into computers. But this is the funny thing about that. At the time, we used to think about computers like this. Computers were an interest, like parasailing. Some people were into them, most people weren't. But those that were into computers were busy imagining a wide open world. I didn't know it at the time because I was one of those who weren't that into computers, but Gen X computer kids were full of possibility. They imagined a world in which we could talk to anyone in the world, in which anyone with the skill could build anything. Gen X kids who were into computers were talking to each other on their computers long before the rest of us. They made virtual spaces out of their imagination that were endlessly flexible and modifiable. For Gen X computer kids and some OG Xers like Jaron Lanier, the way we use our technology now is anathema to what they intended. While those of us who weren't into computers were fine to have our options streamlined, to have our websites more user-friendly, to not have to learn the skills to make our own, those who did have the skills were horrified as they watched the wide open world of tech be reduced to a click yes or no. They aimed at freedom and we got convenience. And those of us who weren't into computers don't even know what was sacrificed for that ease. An iPhone will only let you put apps on it that are Apple approved. And many of the websites that are changing the world aren't customizable at all. They create paths for us to walk down in which we can only make one choice at a time. For example, Facebook makes most decisions for its users. It gives you only six options for your feelings when it would be just as easy to have you create your own reaction emoticons. Its algorithm chooses which posts you see when Facebook could easily make it possible for you to design your own, but it doesn't. Its algorithms remain a closely guarded secret and it controls which of your friends you see and which you don't. As the years have gone by, we have been trained not to wonder about what it is behind the technological curtain. We trade our privacy for connection and ease. We leave the decision-making to big corporations or big data. The promise of a wide open world where anyone with know-how can do anything has become a world full of walled gardens. From meadows and mountains and plains and oceans, our technology became a series of small plots of land gardened by a chosen few 
on the estates of big corporations. And while the gardens inside have clear paths to walk down and very specialized flowers, and hey, all our friends are here, the walls don't seem to help keep out the jerks. Now, instead of wide open space where we might run into a jerk sometime, we are locked up in the garden of Twitter, for example, with torrents of jerks. As one Gen Xer who has always been into computers said, the people who weren't into computers won. That is, while we now all have tiny supercomputers that fit into our pockets, the computers in our pockets are often structured to limit our choices instead of expanding them. We all have computers, but we don't know or care how they work or which corporation has access to our data. The Gen Xers into computers are understandably a little upset about this, and it would appear that Gen Xers are at the forefront of helping us figure out how to integrate technology into our lives responsibly, wisely, and consciously. Gen Xer Manoush Zamorodi hosts a podcast that leans into these issues with a characteristic Gen X questioning of accepted norms. Gen X takes nothing for granted. We know that infinite possibilities include some possibilities that are a real bummer. Gen X programmers built new virtual spaces, things like Friendster, Google, MySpace, and Twitter. This may not have been what they imagined back when they first got into computers, but they have changed the world. I think we need Gen X technologists more than ever to help us return to the idealism of the open source dreams, even as we adapt to the inventions Gen X let loose on the world. Generation X may have been seen as nihilistic and cynical, but that is partly just the shadow side of the deep vein of idealism that runs through most of us. If we're cynical, it's because we think people can and should do better. While most generational discussions I've seen point to the Challenger explosion as the most influential historical event in Gen X youth, I have yet to meet anyone for whom that event loomed particularly large. We remember it, sure, but it doesn't seem all that formative. What I do think may have been formative was the constant, very palpable threat of nuclear war. I was reminded of how real this was for me after I watched the episode of The Americans, in which the family watches the TV movie the day after. I don't remember the movie itself, but I do rem remember the feeling that I had that I would not be safe anywhere. I could not be safe under my desk or in my bed. I remember hiding under my covers for some time, knowing it would never be enough. That if someone pushed a button, and it seemed very possible that someone would, none of us would be safe. The events of the movie War Games felt like a very real possibility to me, and I think most of Gen X had to adapt to a world that might explode at any minute. We had to acknowledge that it might be the end of the world as we knew it, and we had to find a way to feel fine. Recent political events have brought this feeling back to the surface, and Gen X finds itself once again in a world where some guy pushing a button could end it all for all of us. When I started watching The Americans, it was an exercise in nostalgia for my childhood. They used that nobody, nobody bothers me ad. We sang that all the time in the 80s in Virginia. Now watching a show about Russian spies undercover as Americans in the Cold War feels like current events. I understand the impulse to categorize a generation by its technology or its unique historical events, but I suspect 
that what binds a generation together more is the atmosphere that pervades. It is a collection not just of the music we hear, the movies and TV we watch, but also the politics and the objects that surround us. Generation X was surrounded by some meaningful bullshit, and we thought the world was probably ending, but we felt fine. In a world of infinite possibilities, there was a small chance we might get out of our youth alive. And if you're Gen X and you're hearing this, congratulations, we did it. We already lived much longer than we ever imagined. So I actually did a bunch of learning on this to, to, to work on this particular post because I didn't know a lot about computers <laughs> or at least like the history of computing and the history of programming and kind of what was going on. Um, so that's, that, it's, always, it's always cool to learn things. Um, and I would like to, to learn more about that, actually. I think it's pretty, it's pretty important, given, given just what, how tremendously important that technology is in our lives these days. So podcast recommendations. I have two because I mentioned two in the, in the post. Um, so just to draw them out, point them out, uh, the first I recommended uh, or the first I mentioned um, is the Stuff We Should Know podcast. Sorry, that's not right. The Stuff You Should Know podcast. <laughs> um, I, I, uh, it's, not, it's not the top of my list. Like, it's not one I have to listen to every single time. Um, but when they're on a topic that is um, of interest, uh, I feel like they do just they they're just like really personable lovely guys to listen to talk about something um and they do their research and they know what they're talking about um so that's a fun one uh just like check out what their topics are and if they're talking about something that you care about or something that you're just curious about or whatever uh i think it's a it's a thoroughly enjoyable and learning uh environment uh so that's stuff you should know and the other one I mentioned is actually one of my favorite podcasts, more favorite, more favorite. It is one of my more favorite podcasts, um, which is uh, Note to Self. Um, I'm sure I have mentioned it before. Uh, it is a post about technology and how we relate to technology. It used to be called New Tech City, and I so much preferred its old title. I can't even tell you. But... It's called Note to Self now, and I'm trying not to call it New Tech City anymore. Um, but it, it, it is, uh, I feel like they're right on the forefront of talking about um, things that are, they're just helping us be reflective about, about the, the things that are having such a huge impact on our, in our lives. So, um, yeah, Note to Self, I think, is important. And I'm not, I don't, I can't think of anybody else who's really, like, continuously on that the way the way they are over there at note to self so check them out um it's not always fun listening you're it's like oh right my phone is keeping me awake <laughs> these kinds of things you discover um but but it is i think incredibly important um and sometimes fun it is fun i don't want to dis dis dissuade you from lack of fun because um, it really can be and they have uh projects and things that you can do to like really be conscious about your technological use and whatnot so check them out note to self stuff you should know those are the podcast recs for this 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 podcast today you've probably already worked out what song is going to show up here at the end of the podcast today 
good good detective work. Um, if you haven't worked that out, um, you have some you somehow missed this song, and and maybe that's a generation gap. If you if if you don't recognize this song title, then um, thank you especially for listening because you're probably not Gen X. Um, so the the it's it's an REM song, um, and yeah, it it's a bear, y'all. It was hard to learn, and I never would have expected that I would have ever sung this song ever in my life. Um, but the, this particular blog cast demanded it of me. So that's what I'm here for, to, to embrace artistic challenges and just lean right into them and, and see what happens. Um, and it's been really, it's been, um, it's been a fun kind of challenge. Um, I don't think I'm the perfect person to sing this song, but it's, it's fun to give it a shot. (laughs) Um, uh, two things to notice. One is that uh, I grew up being pretty sure that the lyric was no beer cavalier because where I grew up, um, the, the team was the Cavaliers. Um, I'm from Charlottesville and uh, everyone was pretty sure that that line in the song was about something that had happened with the college where like, I think frats weren't allowed to have beer at their parties for, I don't know exactly what the story was, but, but we were all convinced it was no beer cavalier and that REM was giving a shout out to, to, to UVA. Um, I don't know in almost every lyric sheet I've seen of this song. And there is no consensus, by the way. Um, they say no fear cavalier, but I will, I can't help but sing No Beer Cavalier, so <laughs> enjoy No Beer Cavalier. And the other thing that's funny is that Trump gets a mention in this song, <laughs> and this song is from the 80s. So um, some things are current again. Everything old is new again. Um, yeah, so enjoy. It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. That's great, it starts with an earthquake Birds, snakes, and airplanes Lenny Bruce is not afraid I have a hurricane, listen to yourself Churn world, serves its own needs Don't mess with your own needs Speed it up and not speak Grunt, no strength, no Ladder starts to clatter with the fear of heights Down heights, wire and a fire Represent the seven gains And the government for hire And a combat strike Lefter wasn't coming in a hurry With the furies bringing down your neck Team by team reporters baffle Trump tether crop Look at that low Serve yourself, world serves its own need. Listen to your heart bleed. Tell me with the rapture and the reverend and the right, right. You vitriolic, patriotic, slam, fight, bright light, feeling pretty sight. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. And I feel fine. Six o'clock TV hour, don't get caught in four and tower. Slash and burn, return, listen to yourself, churn, lock a man, uniform, book burning, bloodletting, every motive escalate, automotive center eight, light a candle, light a photo, step down, step down, watch your heel, crush, crush, uh-oh, this means no beer, cavalier, renegade, steer, clear, a tournament, a tournament, a tournament of lies, offer me solution, offer me alternatives, and I decline, it's the end of the world as we know it, it's the end of the world.
Bernard Bernstein. Playing Ned Brezhnev, Lenny Bruce and Lester Banks, birthday party, cheesecake, jelly bean, boo. He's symbiotic, patriotic, slam butt neck, right, right.